0: Hey guys, welcome to Been There, the podcast giving visibility to the collegiate female athlete experience through the power of story sharing. With athletes from across the country, we speak candidly about the highs and the lows of the life of a female athlete. My name is Kira, I'm a varsity athlete at Stanford, and I'm going to be your host for today's podcast. So, today we're going to be talking to Caitlin. She is a senior on the rowing team at the University of Texas at Austin. First, we're going to listen to Caitlin tell her story, and then Caitlin and I are going to talk again after and have a discussion about some of the topics that she touched on. Let's get started.
1: So, my sophomore year, I was really excited. I had a really good season freshman year and was on a high and was excited to come back sophomore year and perform just as well as I did the year before. I woke up one morning and kind of felt a swollen lymph node in my neck, but didn't really think much of it. I thought I was just getting a cold or the flu and talking to a teammate about it and we just kind of brushed it off and thought that I was getting sick. But that same teammate came back to me a couple days later and said that her mom had a dream that there was something else going on with the lymph node than just a common cold. So with that, I decided to contact my trainer and get a doctor's appointment to see if anything was wrong and I didn't really feel out of the normal I felt pretty healthy I was fatigued but what student athlete isn't fatigued and I just thought everything was okay but we ran a couple blood tests and decided to go see an air doctor to make sure that everything was okay so the ear, nose, doctor was kind of on the same page as I was. I felt normal, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, so he prescribed me a antibiotic to try to shrink the lymph node. And after the antibiotic didn't shrink the lymph node, we kind of thought something was up and not normal, so I was advised to go get an ultrasound to see if anything looked abnormal and the ultrasound didn't really give us the answers we needed so I got a CT scan and the CT scan still wasn't that clear so I got a needle biopsy. I remember the exact moment when I got the phone call. I was eating dinner with my teammates in our dining hall and none of them knew that I was getting these tests done and I went to the back of the dining hall and answered the call and My ENT told me that you have thyroid cancer, but we caught it early and you're going to be okay. And I just remember being in disbelief what I've just heard and that a 19 year old healthy person shouldn't get cancer and when I hung up the phone with him I just sat back down at the table with my teammates and kept eating dinner like nothing was wrong. Uh, I was just in shock. So in January of my sophomore year was my surgery. It was a eight hour surgery. And the pain that I experienced after that was unbearable. It was nothing I like could ever experienced before. I had never gotten surgery before, so I didn't really know what to expect and thought I had a pretty high pain tolerance from going through some brutal workouts, but I was wrong. But one thing that really got me through all of the pain was the love and support from my friends and family and team. Uh, they were all there and were super supportive of my recovery. But when I came back to school that spring, I had to take the se- I chose to take the season off because I wanted to focus on academics and my health and just make sure that I was okay. And that kind of sucked. I didn't like not being able to do what I loved doing and coming back with a huge scar on my neck. I had 30 stitches after my surgery and I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which means my thyroid works slow. And your thyroid basically controls your hormones in your body, which means your metabolism. So I started gaining weight, weight that I didn't really want to gain. So with a huge scar on my neck and some weight gain, I decided The best thing to do was to isolate myself, and I stopped going to practices. I stopped reaching out to friends. All I wanted to do was go to class and go home because I felt alone. I really thought that no one understood what I was going through. I just wanted to be alone. But I remember one day my teammate ran into me on campus and told me that I should go to practice that day just to see how it felt because. The team missed me and it felt really good and I forgot the sense of community and the environment that our team has and the love and support that everyone shows to each other so I started going to practice more and it made me happier and talking with the coaches they suggested that I go see help and I agreed with them so I started to see a therapist and it was really nice to talk to someone objective and knew that they were listening to me and wanted to help me as much as I needed to be helped and I feel like I started to be able to go back to my new sense of my normal life and it felt really good and I think one thing that I learned was that you're way stronger than you think you are in any situation and to be brave in every situation because you can really get through it no matter how hard you think it is. And I think it's also really important to invest in yourself and surround yourself with others that will bring you up and remind you of the things that you love.
0: So first, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, Your story is just so inspiring, and I think it really, although you went through so much, I think it really touches on so many parts of the athletic experience. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Of course.
1: I was so excited when you reached out. I was like, of course, I would
0: love to do it. (laughs) No, I'm I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, So I guess getting into the questions... um, When you were telling your story, that image you described of getting your diagnosis and then walking back to your teammates and continuing to eat dinner, that was just so powerful. Um so I was wondering if you could just walk me through what was kind of going on in your head and what you
1: were feeling in that moment. I think it was such a crazy experience because I had kept everything until then kind of a secret because I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't want to scare my teammates or anything. And so when I got the call at dinner, I just kind of like stepped to the side and like people knew I was on the phone and they're like, who was it? I was like, oh, it's just my dad. Then I just ate dinner like it was just a regular dinner. I don't know why. I think looking back on it, I kind of wish I told more teammates so I could have had support because like in that moment I felt like super alone. But it was just, I don't know. It was so weird that I just like, got the news that I had cancer and then I sat down and just ate dinner with my teammates like nothing was wrong. Mm. Yeah no that image of
0: you just going back really really stuck with me. Um So kind of going off of that how did you cope with the shock in between your diagnosis and then your actual surgery?
1: I think I had like a select after I found out like got the call I told a couple of my closest teammates and so I had the support of them and then my family was a really big help with all of it and I could reach out to them but I think it's the weirdest thing going to college out of state is like I couldn't just drive home and be with my dad everything was over FaceTime and that really I think took a toll on him because of course being a dad he just wanted to be there for me like make me dinner or something make sure I was okay but thankfully over FaceTiming and everything we got to talk and I think one thing that actually really helped was I never stopped rowing because I used rowing as an escape because when I was rowing, I'm a rower. I wasn't somebody who had cancer. I was still strong, athletic, empowered, and it just really helped me feel normal, I guess. Yeah, definitely.
0: And so after the surgery, you said you went back, right back into school but stopped rowing. It seemed as though you didn't really get much time to process what you had been through. Could you talk just a little bit about that transition back into school? Yeah,
1: it was so hard. I think for me, I really wanted to get back into school because I think if I had stayed home, I wouldn't have continued school and just kind of let myself mope and just be sad and upset. Like I had cancer, like boohoo me type of thing so I was like I have to go back to school and thankfully like being part of athletics we have access to a uh, therapist which really was so helpful but I think the thing that really crushed my soul was not being able to row because that's what I went to UT for but it was a huge transition and I came back with a huge scar on my neck and All of my classmates were like, what happened? Like, did you get in a street fight? I'm like, no, it's cancer. And they're like, oh, okay. Like they don't know how to reply. And it was just a huge transition. Like I was no longer this like D1 athlete. I was like this D1 athlete who just had cancer.
0: Do you feel like that label became who you were? Or do you think it was just how other people might have seen you, but you didn't really feel like that?
1: Yeah, I think I mostly labeled myself as that because people portray you as like what they see and they see a huge scar, but they don't really know what's going on. I think, at least in my team, I don't think they saw me as like, oh, she's the cancer girl. Like they more of saw me as like, inspiration like wow look at what she went through and that was really inspiring to me I didn't realize how big of an impact I had on a lot of my teammates which is really cool to see and other people but I think when you're you yourself are going through something it's really easy to label yourself as something when other people just see you as you mm-hmm. yeah definitely kind of going off your scar and you
0: talked a little bit about a loss of control about what your body looked like as well as your hypothyroidism can you just talk to me a little bit through what that
1: felt like it's I mean to start off being a woman and like this whole weight thing and like being a student athlete and looking muscular or like not looking the type of like a regular whatever regular woman is supposed to look like, I don't know, is this huge thing that I think female athletes encounter all the time. And being hypothyroidism basically means I have no control over how fast my food metabolizes. So I can eat clean, I can work out all the time, but if my thyroid isn't working correctly, I'll gain weight, I'll lose hair, I'll go through sporadic times of depression, I'll be super lethargic, even though I got nine hours of sleep. It's just such a weird feeling when you wanna be so on all the time. And I think a combination of coming back with weight gain and with this huge scar and I just had cancer, like there's so many things that went into it. I really lost my self-identity And, like, that confidence of being, like, I was a D1 athlete, like, I'm awesome. (laughs) And it's just, like, it was really hard to transition. But I think the good thing was, like, my friends encouraged me, like, hey, like, why don't we go, like, to a workout? Or, like, why don't we go on a walk? Let's make food together. But I think the initial of me, like, with the weight gain and with the scar, I just let myself sulk in it and just kind of allow it to take over me instead of overcoming it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, In that same vein, how did you cope with that feeling of being alone when you were taking a break off of sports?
1: It was really hard. I was a 19-year-old girl who had cancer, which is not common at all, and knowing that I didn't have anyone in a close circle that I could talk to that could relate because I didn't think that they understood I knew they were listening and were there for me but it I think there's another sense of like you almost get more satisfaction talking to someone knowing that they know what you're going through and even though I was seeing a therapist or talking to friends about it I never really felt like they were like I get it like I really get it so it just kind of sucked I I would throw myself like a pity party and be like oh like this sucks life sucks like I don't know what to do but then once I realized that like uh the more I talk about it the more people will start understanding even though they can't empathize like they can sympathize Mm, definitely
0: um then you also mentioned that reconnecting with your team played a large part in helping start that process of getting help um do you want to talk a little bit about the
1: role of your teammates in that journey i love my team it's a crazy huge group of like 60 to 70 girls of all different types of backgrounds different personalities different likes and dislikes and kind of what i touched on earlier is like i didn't realize how many girls looked up to me because i allowed myself to isolate so much and throw myself those pity parties But when I started coming to practice more, they were like, Caitlin, like, oh my gosh, we love seeing you here. Like, why don't you come here more often? And I was like, oh, you guys do wanna see me even though I'm not rowing. So it's just kind of like, I think I allowed myself to think that my teammates didn't wanna see me because I wasn't participating. But then when I did go, they were so excited and it made me feel like wanted. And everyone wants to feel wanted i think it was really cool to just feel like i was part of the team again because there's just something being with your team i mean all college athletes get it like when you're with your team and you're just like having a good workout and everyone's just like going hard for the same thing there's like an indescribable bond that you guys have together
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh do you want to talk a little bit about what your first race back was like
1: yeah I think rowing as a sport, it's super mental because you're staring at this screen and it's just giving you these scores back every second and you're like, oh my gosh. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you hate it, but you also love it in a weird way. And I think we did an erg test piece and I did really well on it. And I just remember getting off and being like, I'm back. Like, Schick's back, like they refer to me as Chick on the team as my last name. But so everyone was like, Shick's back, like you did it, like this is crazy, this is insane. Like I think it's also I gave my myself time to like get back to like the old the pre cancer me. But that one piece I remember when I got off, I was like like a sigh of relief. I was like, Okay, like I can do this. Like I like the cancer didn't overcome me. Like I am beating it again. And it was just like so relieving to know that even though I did go through such a huge change, I'm still that D one athlete that can accomplish great things.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I guess in a similar vein, you kind of stated that you were able to get to a new sense of normal right when you were coming back to sports and your team and I was just wondering how you kind of got to that feeling of acceptance and maybe recognizing your life may not be the same as before, but that might not mean it's a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I think with any huge transition, you kind of have this aha moment that everything's going to be okay. And to this day, I basically, I don't have a thyroid anymore, so my thyroid is based off this little pill. But I think just realizing that I could still row 20 hours a week and I'd be fine I think it was when I finally realized like just jump into it head first and like see if you swim or you drown and I swam and I was like okay like I can do this I think it's just it's so scary I think even with injury with anything jumping back into it but then when I finally realized that I could take four or five classes in row 20 hours a week and be okay I was like oh like I'm okay I'm still tired I have this scar every time I get an inflamed lymph node I freak out internally even though I'm fine but it's just like accepting that I went through such a big change and like I will gain weight super easily I will get really tired all the time I will lose my hair really easily But that's me, and it's my body, and I'm learning how to deal with it, but it hasn't changed who I am.
0: Yeah, that's just so powerful. Um, In closing, I was wondering what advice you would give past Caitlin or maybe someone
1: experiencing something similar to what you were going through. I think just reach out to people because you never know who's in your corner rooting for you. So it's just kind of allowing people to be there for you because people love you and care for you and just want you to be the best version of yourself. But also reach out to people if you're sad. Like if you're having a bad day, just ask a teammate or a friend or a family member and just be like, hey, I'm really struggling today. Like, can we go talk or even being noticing a teammate is struggling and being like do you want to go get dinner or just not talk about anything just like be there for people and allowing people to be there for you I think really would have helped me not isolate and allow myself to sulk so much
0: yeah definitely I think being able to let people in is just such an important thing and obviously, um, you've been through it. So <laughs> um, so what's your plans for next year? Um, I know you're a graduating senior. So what does life look like after D1 athletics
1: for Caitlin? I know, super crazy Graduated. Um, right now, I'm probably going to go take some more classes before I apply to nursing school. I think with the whole COVID going on right now, I'm I wanted to take a gap year anyways, just because with getting back into rowing after all my cancer stuff, I just felt so like wound up and never had a chance to breathe. So I'm taking a gap year, just take some classes, volunteer at the local hospital, see if I actually like nursing, and then apply to nursing school, maybe become a nurse oncologist, because I think me going through my cancer journey, I could help other people going through their cancer journeys and just relate to them on such a personal level and be there for people like the people were for me. Thanks for tuning
0: in to another episode of Been There. If you enjoyed listening, make sure to connect with us on Instagram at beenthere.podcast and subscribe to Been There on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you know when new episodes are released. Thanks so much again and we hope to see you on the next one.